Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Room 303. This is episode 59. I'm your co-host, Tremaine Colomendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Moran. How are you doing tonight, Nick? I'm doing good, man. We got a bunch of stuff going on right now. Talking about pro football, talking about the NBA. We're going to cover some MLB futures bets. We're going to cover some Champs League. We're going to cover some March Madness. We're going to cover some standing ovation. Finally, we're going to cover our fine and cut with uh, one of our biggest and most obvious uh, find find and cut moments. I think of the year with a team that's that's close to your your heart. I'm I'm just going to start off by giving a little preview. It hasn't been a good week for your teams, Jermaine. Awful week. Awful week. Manchester United getting eliminated in the FA Cup. Gone too soon. Uh, what else happened? Uh, this this find and cut thing, uh, which, we'll, which we'll get to near the end of the show. Drew Brees retired. Drew Brees retiring. I mean, it is, it is not looking good for Jermaine's sports fandom. Um, What's called Longhorns upset. Oh yeah, the Texas ra- round of si- round of sixty four. Uh, Grand uh, Canyon University not beating Iowa. The Bulls actively shopping Larry Markkinen. <laughs> yeah, the the Latvian hammer. Let's I mean, see, it is uh, a Blackhawks suck again. The, well, I mean, but that's not that's not like crazy crazy news. It's just I mean, they, der- it's been a it's been a rough week for for Jermaine sports teams. All of them, all of them are fined and cut. See you next year, boys. <laughs> Tamies to the rescue, fine, bro. Fine, fine and cut, Jermaine sports teams. That's right. Well, so well, we'll start Chicago, this. Chicago. Uh, we'll start this episode fifty nine with a go. Blackhawks are fourth in the division, so it's not too bad. But they they made, they're making the playoffs right now, right? Right. Yep. And I was, the Bulls. That, I, I was told that they would suck and they wouldn't wouldn't make the playoffs by you and one Nevada Putnam. Yeah, we'll probably Let's bring Nevada on for our, for our, for our midseason NHL preview. Where are the Bulls right now? The Bulls are 10th last I checked. No, they're 9th. Ooh, look at that glow up. So maybe it's not maybe it's not so bad for Jermaine sports teams right now, but we'll we'll start this episode 59 with a trivia question. Say which years of March Madness, the NCAA college basketball tournament, hold the overall tournament record for number of upsets. The number of upsets is 13, by the way. And an upset is defined by the NCAA as a win by a team five plus, five or more spots below the favorite. And and we'll get into it. We'll we'll get into our March Madness tournament later, but just a couple of just a couple of early facts for you guys. This year's tournament already has 11 upsets through the first two rounds, and it's already set a record for the most 13 or higher seeds advancing with four. So a little a, a, a little crazy there in the in the first round. Shout out COVID. First two rounds. Shout, shout out our boy COVID. Speaking of uh, shocking results, the New Orleans Saints were uh, f- hit with a COVID nineteen penalty. Yeah, that's that's Ten- pretty interesting. Tennessee Titans can actively still train at high school fields despite their facilities being shut down, but the Saints not wearing masks while celebrating in their locker room 
are hit with a COVID-19 penalty. So they lost the 2022 six-round pick and were fined $700,000. I guess that's not really much, but... So I know we opened it with earlier, but Drew Brees retired. Significant to some, insignificant to others. <laughs> uh, best of luck for him in his future endeavors. Uh, hopefully he doesn't suck in announcing like Jason Wynn. Uh, isn't that isn't that everybody who retires? They just hope they're not Jason Witten. Yeah, because Jason Witten was so bad. Like Greg, well, he, Greg Olson is Greg Olson is the next tight end to go into broadcasting, and all he has to do is not be Jason Witten, and he'll be pretty good. Yeah, that's it. That's a low bar, dude. Yeah, low bar, very low. And uh, so they announced that they're not going to They're going to do the NFL draft in person this year. Oh yeah, they're actually going to have, and they're actually going to have people there, and people are going to be active, be able to actively boo Roger Goodell. Yeah, so <laughs> you know they're not going to have him fall asleep on his monitor like last time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was great. I kind of enjoyed that, but are I don't saying see that it doesn't that doesn't look good. That doesn't look good to the NFL. Yeah, I don't think uh, NFL owners like that very much. You know, this product we're trying to market and make tons of money with, uh, you probably shouldn't be falling asleep because it's boring. <laughs> yeah, you probably shouldn't be falling asleep in the fifth round of these these guys that are probably going to take us to the, you know, probably going to generate more money for us in the future. Roger Goodell's like, you guys but haven't like, fired me yet, so. Uh, I guess the NFL can't be too upset with Roger because he did strike a monumental landmark television deal, right? The exact numbers haven't been... Uh, leaked yet or not to my knowledge at least um, and if it's not in my knowledge then Nick for sure doesn't know about it <laughs> that's a shot across the bow that wasn't needed this morning but okay <laughs> so the deal uh, sets through 2033 the following networks to air national television games ESPN slash ABC some of those will be uh, simulcast uh, Fox, CBS, NBC, Amazon, and NFL Network. So a lot of the usual suspects. Um, ABC is probably the most glaring. Well, not probably. ABC is the most glaring addition, obviously, since it doesn't had anything before. Um, and we'll get into Amazon's uh, kind of groundbreaking foray into sports. So a few of the updates or lack thereof. Saturday afternoon says the same CBS and Fox remain dominant. Sunday night remains with NBC. Monday night is ESPN, but will also be some some of those games will also be on ABC. Here's where it gets crazy. Uh, the House of Mouse, which already rules pretty much the damn world, uh, has now cut into the slice of pie that these other networks had. So ESPN's package adds six more nationally televised games to the network during the season. Three Monday night doubleheaders. On e so it's going to be three Monday night doubleheaders. One game will be on ESPN, and the second game will be on ABC. Then you're going to have one Saturday night doubleheader on the final week of the season, and you're going to have one um, nationally televised game on Sunday morning on ESPN Plus, which is kind of cool. Then Monday night we'll be able to flex games starting with week 12 so we don't end up with, you know, Jameis Winston and the Saints taking on Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers. 
you know, despite bat- Carolina's best efforts to move on from him. <laughs> and then ESPN uh, will continue to air the draft, so that kind of stays the same. Here, here's one of the crazy parts of this deal is that Amazon is now the exclusive home for Thursday night games. And I don't know why they keep saying exclusive home when you read on after that, and it says they will be simulcast with over-the-air channels. <laughs> so... Does that make it exclusive if it's also airing? I don't think so. So it's airing on other channels, but Amazon exclusively streams it? Yeah, I guess so. So I guess Amazon will be producing and, you know, broadcasting the broadcast, for lack of a better term. And then for local teams and stuff, it's going to be on an over-the-air channel as well. So if Carolina is playing the Thursday night game. Whatever the uh, the local channel is for Carolina, that's who will be playing that. And then NFL Network will have the ability to show some of those games and as well re-air the, the Thursday night games. So and- from, from, from the Washington Post, Fox, CBS, and NBC are currently paying are, – are paying $2 billion annually, uh, cr- doubling – the, the amount that they're paying right now. ESPN, which currently pays $2 billion for its Monday night package, will now pay $2.7 billion annually in the new pact, and Amazon will pay a billion dollars for its right to stream uh, Thursday night games. It's a lot of Bs. That's not really surprising con- considering the, um, the rumor had it that NFL was going to double up its current package. So that's exactly what happened with what you just said. $2 billion is annually, though. <laughs> yeah. So Fox, CBS, and NBC, two, $2 billion annually, right? So that puts us at six. Then you got 2.7 coming in from House of Mouse, which puts us at 8.7. And then you have $1 billion coming from Amazon, which puts us at $9.7 billion. That's not to mention what DirecTV has set up with Sunday NFL Ticket, despite that being in major litigation with the Supreme Court right now. Um, yeah, so easily annually, the NFL's sh- break breaking in ten billion dollars, and we still can't pay running backs. Incredible, <laughs> and they used to, and they still they still can't pay for CTE research. <laughs> CTE doesn't exist. It's like the coronavirus, bro. That's right. Silly me. All right. So, with that being said, that's all the the housekeeping for NFL Pro Football news uh still nothing heard on the xfl cfl merger i don't assume we'll hear anything until probably the winter months of this season let's move into some of the winners and losers of free agency who do you got nick give me Uh, whichever one you want to do first i'll give you i'll give you one winner okay i'll give you a one winner that will not translate to any actual success on the football field oh washington football team the new york giants oh same division the New York Giants just paid a, sh- a shit ton of money to go seven and nine and win the East. Yeah, they because they signed a Dory Jackson, right? They signed a Dory Jackson, Kyle Rudolph, and Kenny Galladay. Yeah, yeah, and Ky- and, and and Kyle. Ru- you already said Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. When did and, they get they, John Ross the third? Uh, I think they traded for him last year, or they might, or they might have like snagged him off the waiver wire. Yeah, I and, don't remember and, that happening. And I'll give you my one loser. It's kind, it's kind of an out there, an outer space loser. But f- 
Philadelphia Eagles fans because the because the Philadelphia Eagles told their fans that they were in talks to sign a Pro Bowl quarterback. <laughs> that Pro Bowl quarterback is Joe Flacco. <laughs> the the audacity, the audacity by the Philadelphia Eagles management. <laughs> To say that they're signing a Pro Bowl quarterback and get their fans all excited and then sign Joe Flacco. To quote J. Cole Mendez, where's the lie? So that's 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 my one winner and loser so far. Obviously, free agency is still going. Uh, who you got? Oh, man. So winners and losers. That's a great question. I like... Boy, I'm going to go with the losers are the New Orleans Saints. Just for obvious cap constraints as well as the retirement of a Hall of Fame talent. So we hemorrhaged players. We hemorrhaged money. We didn't sign some key pieces, and then we lost Drew Brees. So not that any of it's really a shock. We knew it was coming, but I would say that makes you a loser. Winner of free agency i'm gonna have to go with the arizona cardinals arizona cardinals signed jj watt they added aj green to bolster their wide receiver core they did not pay 10 million dollars for patrick peterson and they did not pay uh what was it 11 million dollars for Kenyon drake i'm i mean incredible it, so I, I have a question for you. I was I was asked this the other day by a guy I work with. He's an Arizona Cardinals fan. He said he thinks that if that the Arizona if Kings if Cliff Kingsbury keeps his is is to keep his job, he has to at least make it to the NFC Championship game. And I leave. That's the same look that you just gave me is what I gave him. I I basically said, you know, no. I think look at and, and I use the example of Josh Allen. I said he just they just need to win a playoff game. Win a playoff game and that will solve everything and that'll at least kick the can down the road for one more season. I mean look at Josh Allen. Josh we're we're now talking about Josh Allen as a top five quarterback in the NFL because he won a playoff game. Yeah. <laughs> what is- I don't okay. I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't so here, here's what I have to say about this. This is, first of all, it's an insane, unrealistic response to a few signings that the Arizona Cardinals made. But how about they just win a division with a team that is two years removed from playing in the Super Bowl uh, and a, t- a team that still has, or actually, there's one team that's three years removed. There's one team yeah. that's two years removed. And then there's one team that has uh, Russell Wilson, who is pure magic on the football field. So it's how about you five years removed? Yeah. How about you just win that division? I feel like that would be big enough. And then with that win in division, hopefully that translates into a playoff win as well. And I think that is enough to keep his job. What has Cliff King- Kingsbury done wrong to lose his job? I, I don't know. I, I don't think I don't think he's done anything. I was just I was just making sure that I you know I'm not crazy. That I thought that that was a crazy comment. The dude is literally revolutionizing the NFL with his offensive schemes. They're, the Cardinals are not gonna. The Cardinals are not gonna get rid of him. Are we really going with revolutionizing? 
Yeah, revolutionized. Because he, all he does is run four wide receiver sets. <laughs> do you think? Do you think Cliff Cliff Kingsbury is the ultimate glow up version of an NFL coaching job? Yeah, I think inspired he, from Texas Tech midseason to just fall into the lap of the Arizona Cardinals. He's a successful Lane Kiffin. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I would. I, I knew. I knew in the back of my mind. I was like, "There's a Lane Kiffin joke in here somewhere." Uh, like, like, like I said, free agency is still is still going. We'll still track a lot of the, a lot of the big deals. There's there's still a you know there's still a couple of of. Uh, big name talents out there big name wide receivers there's probably still a couple of trades to be made um i mean addressing the addressing the elephant in the room i guess right now the deshaun watson controversy that's going on uh for those of you who have lived under a rock for the last couple of days i'm not talking about the fact that he wants to be traded i'm talking about the fact that now 13 women have come out and even even shared evidence that uh, he has, at at a very minimum, sexually harassed <laughs> every single one of them. Yeah, that's low end of the spectrum for sure. And you know, e- even if it is sexual harassment, uh, you know, to use it to use a quote from from E's father, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a predator. That made me. That made me crack up a little bit. If you're if you're getting thirteen women to come out and you did something, that's not just one or two people being paid to to say something to ruin your name because you're trying to get traded from the Houston Texans. So, you know, we 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 on this podcast, we are a players podcast. We like to, you know, not jump to, to conclusions and be a rush mob and 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 condemn someone before, but it it's not looking too good for old 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 D Watson. I subscribe to one of the founding principles of the United States of America, and that's innocent until proven guilty. But God damn, you got some work to do, Sean. <laughs> you got to work to do to make you, make you innocent. With that being said, though, um, there are 16 women who have come forward. Oh, so 16? So oh, good. So 16 have filed suit, and there's 22 that have talked to the lawyer. So there could be another six coming. So, you know, to quote uh, E's father, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a predator. <laughs> so, with that being said, I wanted to talk about the Kenny Kenny Galladay contract. Mm-hmm. Just because um, I'm more of a fan of what the agent was able to pull off with this coup. So, I think his name was Fr- France, Ryan France or something. If you do me a favor and look that up, that'd be mm-hmm. pretty pretty swell of you but kenny galladay signed a four-year 78 million dollar contract right and the details were reported and everyone's like oh it's 28 million guaranteed well no it's actually 40 million guaranteed plus some (laughs) so (laughs) kenny galladay is guaranteed 28 million dollars the first year of the contract that's with signing bonuses, roster bonuses, and base salary, which is all guaranteed. So that means Kenny Galladay is earning $28 million for the for a year. If Todd France. Todd France. If Kenny Galladay isn't is on the roster by the start of the new league year, which I believe is June. June first. Um 
it, that means his guarantee money jumps to forty million with roster bonuses and signing bonuses. So Kenny Galladay is essentially earning will earn twenty million dollars guaranteed for two years of playing for the Giants. So for, they for really not even not even playing, really just showing up and being on the roster as of June one. As long as he d- plays well enough to not be cut, he will get forty million dollars over the life of the life of the first two years of that contract. The Giants are paying this man like a true number one wide receiver. I'm not going to sit here and say he doesn't have the talent, but God damn, you better not miss. Oh well, Dave Gettleman certainly <laughs> certainly doesn't hit very often. So, and and here's the other thing. The Broncos signed Pro Bowler, Pro Bowl cornerback Kyle Fuller to a one-year, nine-point-five million-dollar contract. Before Incredible. that, before that, they signed um, Ronald Darby to a one-year, five-million-dollar contract. Incredible. Then they secured Justin Simmons, right, locking up pretty much their entire secondary. Justin Simmons is only 27 years old, and even if he his play does decline, that four-year pact will be done by the time he's 31, and you probably have an out after two years, which is how all NFL teams structure their deals now. Meanwhile, the New York football giants signed a Dory Jackson to a three-year, $36 million contract. <laughs> Patrick Peterson, the same much maligned Patrick Peterson, signed a one-year, $11 million pact with the Minnesota Vikings. To be a I, cornerback, by the way. I don't understand what is happening. The, the Denver Broncos are fucking pissing magic in Mile High, dude. They're like, hey, if you come here, you can smoke weed and we'll get you, we'll help you get away with it. I don't know. Doug, I can't they, explain they, it. They literally, the Broncos moved John Elway out of like any sort of advisory role, and George Patton is just crushing the GM job right now in Denver. Here's the other crazy part is that, man, Anthony Harris, the safety from Minnesota, he went to the Eagles on a one-year $5 million deal. Who is whispering in these players' ear that they're just not worth the amount of money they're worth? Well, okay, so I'll explain why some of these deals were signed, right? That's why a lot of one-year deals were signed. I just want to make note that Anthony Harris led the league in interceptions last year with six. Or he was tied for the lead league in interceptions, right? So you mean to tell me you paid... $10 $10 million, despite the Vikings drafting a first-round cornerback last year or the year prior. It was it was one of the last two years. They drafted a first-round cornerback, and you paid $10 million for Patrick Peterson instead of $5 million for Anthony Harris? <laughs> okay, so the reason why these deals are being signed, these one-year packs, right, is because of the depreci- depreciation in the cap for this season due to COVID, right? So the, the NFL owners didn't make all the money from uh, ticket sales and everything that is comes with that, concessions, jerseys, merchandise, ex, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So yes. with that, that depreciation and cap has made, given teams less money to spend than usual. But there is a guarantee the cap is going to go up next year. 
mainly because the guarantee is the TV deals that you and I just talked about. The $9.7 billion they guaranteed <laughs> annually starting this season, right? So the NFL's COVID vaccine, if you would. If exact, you would. Exactly. So they signed this, these one year deals so that way they can move into next season and if they perform, hopefully sign a bigger, better deal. And if, even if they don't perform, they can sign a multi year deal. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Because they're going to be like, oh, I'll take less money if you sign me for longer. So that's why you saw a lot of these one-year packs going down. And Jameis Winston did the same thing. Jameis Winston signed a one-year deal despite most likely being able to get a starting job this year. He came back to compete for New Orleans' starting job. And if he balls out with Sean Payton and fixes his decision-making, because we all know he's a talented quarterback. Uh, despite how obnoxious and annoying he is to listen to. So uh, it's been a pretty interesting free agency thus far. There's still a lot of big names out there. Like I don't think Emmanuel Sanders is signed. Um, and then I think there's there's trade chips that are still out there. There's I know Rodney Hudson signed with the Arizona Cardinals. That's why I really liked what they did there. I know there's a few other um, linemen out there. And I knew there was a huge wide receiver market, but... So we should see some of those chips start falling closer to the June 1st deadline. Well after the um, – I think they're not going to sign until after the draft. If I, had, if, I, if I had to take a guess. Take a gander. So you, you talked about trade rumors. So let's, let's, completely, let's completely switch sports here. The M- NBA trade rumors are buzzing, would you say? Yeah, so – it's pretty funny because a week ago, the rumors were it was going to be a quiet trade deadline and that the teams who were looking to move these players weren't going to move them. I'm talking Victor Oladipo. I'm talking Kyle Lowry. I'm talking people that would actually move the needle for championships, right? <clears throat> but now, Toronto is enga- actively engaging in Norman Powell and Kyle Lowry trade talks. An absolute stunner of a player whose name has come up in trade uh, talks is Malcolm Brogdon from the Indiana Pacers, who's absolutely been ho- hooping this year, right? So Lowry's room linked to Philadelphia and Miami, but Miami wants Tyler Hero in exchange for uh, Kyle Lowry, but Miami doesn't want to give him up. So they kind of have a sticking points on that. Um, Celtics have more reports of locker room turmoil, similar to when Kyrie was there. So I guess it wasn't Kyrie's fault. Uh, there was a report that came out that said Tristan Thompson is not loved by teammates, which means he's just liked. <laughs> How vague that is. Um, Aaron Gordon d- requested a trade from Orlando. Not sure. We, how, I did see that the other day. Not sure how you know, likely that is to happen, but you know, that's pretty funny. And then teams are exploring Lori marketing as we talked about earlier. Um, and that's just some of what's going on right now there. So I, I'm not sure what to make of any of this. I kind of still think it's going to be a quiet tread deadline just due to COVID just like last year where not a lot, not a lot of teams made like splash moves, but Another guy who has been brought up is Montrez Harrell for the Lakers, and I don't know why that would happen. The Lakers don't necessarily have the <laughs> the depth for that kind of stuff. But not only are the Spurs looking to trade LaMarcus Aldridge, but the Spurs are 
um, willing to move uh, DeMar DeRozan. That's so interesting. So the trade deadline is two days away, right? So a few of the buyout candidates, which should make for interesting pieces for um, – you know, finals competitors is Andre Drummond, LaMarcus Aldridge, J.J. Redick, uh, Otto Porter Jr. from Chicago, George Hill. So those are a few of the buyout candidates. But there, it looks to me like San Antonio is going to come out of this looking completely different, looking way younger. Might be the youngest we've seen San Antonio in a very long time. Do you think that some of these teams will make moves because of all the injuries that we're seeing? to both rookies and and stars alike. Yeah, I think I think there are teams that smell blood in the water and there are teams that realize that they're not going to do as well as they originally thought. Originally thought coming into this season. Like Indiana Indiana is 10th in the East right now. It's not where they want to be. Yeah, and, you know, the, uh, Karis LeVert, you know, the guy who got traded for James Harden and Victor Oladipo in that, like, multi-team swap with multiple trades going down, he came back finally from his that kidney scare that they found because of a physical. But, you know, obviously he needs to get back into playing shape, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, TJ Warren is on his way back for the Indiana Pacers. So I don't know why they'd be looking to move Malcolm Brogdon, but maybe they're just going to concede this season and move on. Uh, one, of the, one thing I want to talk about was the Marvin Bagley the third uh, disrespect or how far he has fallen. The Sacramento Kings offered him to the Detroit Pistons for Sadiq Bay in a straight-up trade. Yikes. Sadiq Bey is a rookie this year who was drafted, I don't know, maybe like 7th, 7th or 8th, maybe maybe closer to 10th. But Marvin Bagley III was drafted, it was him, it was DeAndre Ayn, then him, then Trey Young, or no, then Luka Doncic, then... And and but Trey Young was number five because Luca and Trey were three and five and there was a swap on that, <laughs> so he went from being in that top five draft class to being like, hey, we'll just take your rookie Sadiq Bay. Sadiq's been doing all right. He's averaging ten points as a rookie, which is not bad. But it's just crazy to see the the dip in value, and it's just another classic Sacramento Kings botch of just mayhem. It is. I mean that that is that is pretty crazy that the Sacramento Kings continue to. I mean we talked about it at the beginning of the year with the our MLB uh, special and the whole Bogdan Bogdanovich thing, but I mean they continue to just shoot themselves in the foot, and I don't know how. I don't know how their how their how their management continues to. Do. You have to make a you have to make a right decision like every once in a while, like just by just by pure statistics, right? Even the Cleveland Cavaliers, who blew the entire LeBron rebuild, you know, when they had like th- three number one overall picks in a row, at least they got Kyrie. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here was and, the top. And LeBron here, back in a yeah, title. And LeBron and a title. Here's the top five from that draft class, right? Um, 
DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley the third, Luka Doncic, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Trey Young. Are those are those good basketball players? The three that drafted after Marvin Bagley the third are really good. Jaron Jackson Jr. You might not have heard of, but he is hurt right now. He tore his ACL, but he was balling with John Morant. So, um, it's pretty funny to 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 see the descent in value. And I honestly think that he's going to be like Julius Randle. Julius Randle is like the darling of the NBA right now. He was an all-star this season, and he's absolutely like reignited the Knicks. And he's just hooping this year. At today, he hit like seven three-pointers before like the midway point of the third quarter, and had like thirty-seven points. <laughs> Julius, yeah, Julius Randle's taking the league by storm. All right, let me ask you this: since LeBron, Embiid, Steph Curry, Kyrie, KD are all injured right now and have been in stages of, of injury and non-injury and, and low playing time when they're in these stages of non-injury, who is your favorite for MVP right now? Okay, so uh, I'll answer your question with a question. Who is my favorite player? Uh, Laurie Mark. It's what? It's no, it's one of three players that are my favorite. So I thought you would get it, but it's Dame Lillard, Kawhi Leonard. Oh yeah, Dame Lillard. I think Dame, Dame Lillard might be. I think he might be the favorite for MVP. Just I really he do. Just keeps on trucking because he they just lost. Keeps CJ on having thirty point nights. They lost CJ McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, and. Uh, Zach Collins, right? And he has Portland currently standing. If I'm not mistaken, they're four in the West. Sorry, six in the West. They're two and a <laughs> with half back. nobody playing with him. Yeah, it's him and Carmelo, who wasn't in the league like two years ago. <laughs> Carmelo's you know I mean? balling, like, though, this year. Dude, yeah, I have a special spot in my heart for Carmelo. Car- yeah, Carmelo. The, the resurgence of Carmelo Anthony. He's a joy to watch now because he plays defense. And I'm like, let's go. All those haters. Carmelo's a team player. Let's go. But it's him and it's Nikola Jokic. James Harden's obviously a contender. Um, but this really opens the door for Luka Doncic. If Dallas can yeah. make a trade, if Dallas can make a trade for somebody, <clears throat> Victor Oladipo. And <laughs> Dallas. Victor has to right? The Rockets don't just lose twenty in the straight twenty straight, and Victor Oladipo isn't demanding his way out. First of all, Victor Oladipo is a free agent after this year, so if you're not trading him after losing twenty straight, and he didn't sign the extension with you, you're an awful organization. Yeah, just terrible. Well, we already know that, but yeah, and then obviously Giannis is back in the MVP discussion again. Yeah. Yep. All right. So so we'll uh, I'll rotate it to another award then. Right, so James Wiseman was injured, and then we just heard that Lamelo uh, fractured his wrist. He's going to get surgery. He might come back. Right, he's going to get surgery, and then they're going to evaluate what the timetable is for his return. But he's probably not going to be able to to be in the running. I asked you this question the other day uh, off the pod. Who's your Who's now your favorite for Rookie of the Year? Okay, I have two answers. I told you one answer. No, nope. no clear cut, clear cut favorite. Um, it's Ant Man, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, I you said Ant Man, I said Paul Rudd. Um, and I was like, I didn't know he was playing the league. He was a very talented actor. Yeah, and you thought you were hysterical, and because you are, because that was pretty funny. 
Um, <laughs> wow, a compliment. I'll take it. You're a bum, Rock. <laughs> Shout out, Rocky. But my second answer is kind of a sleeper pick, right? I love what Patrick Williams is doing in Chicago, but Chicago, no, not that this team that this guy is playing on is going to do anymore, but um, I don't see him doing it because he doesn't have the flash, right? But the, my, my sleeper pick for rookie of the year, and it might be someone who I put a little pizza money on, is Tyrese Halliburton. Right, you have mentioned this before. Playing for the much maligned on this podcast, Sacramento Kings, which we just happened to bury a few minutes earlier. Um, maybe they did get something right. I think Tyrese. <laughs> well, hold on, chickens haven't hatched yet. So yeah, he hasn't won an award yet, but he's gonna be a baller. So Tyrese Halliburton, um, I believe he was drafted 14th overall, and it looks like they might have found a diamond. Not necessarily in the rough because you were still in the lottery. So maybe like, maybe maybe you like found a diamond in like uh, a foot of water on the beach yeah. or something like that. There you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it looks like they might have found something. They might have. They definitely have something to work with here. So it's pretty interesting. But Sacramento is in a curious position. They have Harrison Barnes who is on a really good friendly contract, and I think they should move him. But in classic Sacramento fashion, they're not going to. So that is uh, that's my answer for the rookie of the year. Okay. Well, that's really all the questions I had. Let's we'll, we'll cover we'll cover Champions League real quick. So the Champions League uh, round of sixteen is done now. Uh, eight teams advanced, and we had the the draw last week to set the quarters. So match one of the quarters is going to be Man City and Dortmund. Match two is going to be Porto and Chelsea. Match three is going to be Bayern and PSG. And the fourth and final match is going to be Real Madrid and Liverpool. Uh, I asked you this pre-show, Jermaine, but I'm a little disappointed to see a Bayern-PSG matchup in the quarters. That's This is obviously the rematch of the final last year and an awesome game until I think it was the 83rd minute when Kingsley Coman scored a header uh, to, to put... Uh, to put Byron on top uh, to win the Champions League and the treble. Uh, of note, in the semis, which which we'll talk about um, shortly, or we'll talk about when after the quarters, the winner of the match number one will play the winner of the match number three. If you remember what I just said, that's Man City and Dortmund playing the winner of Byron PSG. So, uh, essentially, those th- that semi matchup would determine the winner. Did this just open up Chelsea to the final? I think it opened up either Porto or Chelsea to the final. Because we're just going to discredit Real and Liverpool, right? I, I, you have to, right? I don't know. Because down in Liverpool, cause in, Liverpool because in the semis, Liverpool has to play at least one game at home, right? <laughs> Both of these teams. <laughs> Who's who? This 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 has a chance to be. If this this Real Madrid Liverpool matchup has a chance to be six zero one way and then six zero the next way, and we have to go to shootouts. <laughs> we have to go into a penalty shootout because both these teams are awful at home. Yeah, that's a good point. It's kind of it's kind of funny how how this shakes out. I think I think this sets up for a Man City winning the Champions League. What do you th- What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't I, I don't trust. So I, I don't trust. 
Bayern. I think they've been, you know, you you mentioned it pre-show. The normally the favorite in the Champions League doesn't win the Champions League. I think Bayern has turned off at times. Uh, you saw last year in the final, PSG had a lot. If not for Manuel Neuer, I, PSG would have been up three nothing. You know, if not for the greatest goalkeeper first, in the world, first the half first fifteen, yeah, first, yeah, first, yeah, first forty five minutes, they're up three nothing. But I mean, Manuel Neuer still on his head. They also missed some chances. I mean, it could have been five nothing by the chance by the time Bayern put that header into the net. Say hello to Mister Post. Yeah, seriously. Thank, thank you, Mister Post. Um, I don't trust Real. I don't trust Liverpool. I think the winner of this uh, Porto Chelsea matchup will be in the final, and I don't think they have the class to beat Man City. Yeah, and that's us assuming Man City makes it because I just, I, for some reason, whenever teams make the final the year prior, I don't trust them the next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think that Bayern has enough class to beat PSG, right? I, I, I haven't really seen PSG put put on a show that much this year. Um, but I, I don't think they can beat Man City. I, th- I think Man City basically has the easiest road to the final. Yeah, well, watch it. Watch, I, we're going to be completely yeah. wrong, and it's going to be completely Bayern again. Completely, Do- Dortmund's going to beat Man City, and we're going to be like, what? <laughs> Holland's gonna be Man City, bro. Oh my God, dude! You know you he's imagine? not. Cause you know he's not good, according to E. He's not good, dude. So that's the uh, that's that's the Champions League quarters. Um, we will obviously keep you guys updated with with injuries and stuff like that. And Neymar is not out for a for a long time, right? No, he was like almost he, back for Barca. Okay, all right. So yeah, so he he should be he should he play should against Bayern. Good for. He should be good for uh, for this. It will be. What am I trying to say? When is this going to be? Uh, April sixth and April fourteenth. So April sixth and April fourteenth, obviously, would be the home and away uh, matches for the Champs League quarters. So, plenty of time. Plenty of time for Neymar to pull his hammy again. That's right. Um, so looking at the Room 303 bracket in the NCAA March Madness, we talked about it. Uh, we got we got some right. We got some very wrong. Uh, currently, we've hit on 51% of the games, so that's positive. Um, looking at our uh, Sweet 16, uh, we called Gonzaga. We called USC. We called Michigan, Florida State. Uh, completely missed the UCLA Alabama matchup. Completely missed the uh, Arkansas Oral Roberts matchup. Jermaine refused refused to trust me on Arkansas. Uh, my uh, my proudest moment of the room three to three bracket is nailing uh, Loyola's upset over uh, Illinois. Do we not have if, Oregon State here? If we no, we don't. We didn't have Oregon State. We picked. Uh, uh, we picked Oklahoma State. Oh my God! I bought the hype. I was <laughs> I was the one who was championing Oregon State. We didn't even pick them. Of the of the fifteen upsets, if you guys remember on the podcast, I said that Oral Roberts has the uh, has the stuff to beat Ohio State. Uh, we did not pick them, so I guess that goes down in history as uh, Nick talks out of his ass. Uh, we instead decided to hitch our wagon to Grand Canyon University, who got beat by twelve by Iowa, who then got beat by Oregon. 
the uh, oh, oh, I want this. I want the record to show a well-rested Oregon VCU to wax that Oregon ass. I still stand by it. <laughs> uh, the upsets that we did call that we can be proud that we can be proud about uh, UCLA whooping BYU. Um, and uh, that's pretty much about it. Oh, Lloyd, I mean uh, Oregon State beating Tennessee. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the upsets that we. Uh, the, and, and of course, I already mentioned the the Loyola one. We had Syracuse, uh, right? We did not have Syracuse. No, we had San Diego State. What? <laughs> I told everyone. I I've got to go back and listen to the pod. I bet you I said Syracuse is a scary matchup, but we picked SDSU anyways because because I because I'm in San Diego. <laughs> That's what happens when you drink and pick brackets, bro. Yeah, exactly. Not very good. So, yeah, that's the uh, like like I mentioned above the 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 first the first two rounds have had the the most uh, already eleven upsets. Right, upset defined as uh, a win by a team that that's five or more spots below the favorite. And this tournament has already had eleven, and it set the record with four or more uh, thirteen or higher seeds advancing in their games. Uh, Oral Roberts, obviously the darling, the uh, Florida Gulf coast of the tournament right now. Uh, they are, they keep winning. Let's see if they can beat an Arkansas team that Jermaine uh, thinks thought at the, uh, in our, in our pick show that was, is a very beatable team. Do you think that Oral Roberts can keep going? Yeah, dude, I'm hitching my wagon. Oh, are you? Let's go. All right. So now that we have our, our sweet 16, are you still sticking to, well, you got. We have to pick it. We have to pick a different one coming out of the East than Texas. The East is uh, yeah. Florida, so Florida Michi- State, Mi- right? Michigan, 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 and Florida State. The one four and UCLA, Alabama. Man, Michigan looks good, but I'm not. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with UCLA, dude. Let's do it. UCLA coming to the Final Four. So we have we've had an addendum to our Final Four. It's now going to be Gonzaga, UCLA, Baylor, and Houston. That's who we're gonna. That that's who are, we're we're rolling with in the final four. We are actually only down three teams out of our elite eight. Scratch Baylor, move okay. Oral Roberts to the final four. Oral Roberts, is going <laughs> to the you heard it first on the pod. One of the most complete offensive and defensive teams in NCAA is going to get waxed by number fifteen seed Oral Roberts. Yeah, they got the seed wrong. They should have been a two. It's I'm I'm really looking forward to I I hope th- that Lo- Loyola can beat Oregon State and that Houston can beat uh, Syracuse because that Loyola Houston matchup is going to be spicy. That would be a good game. I would I would get out of bed for that. We say it's going to be a good game and then it's probably going to be just a blowout by one side. Yeah, Loyola. <laughs> so so you, you I mean this this Loyola the, the this Loyola Ramblers team I mean they you you remember the the final four run they made uh 3 years ago well most of the kids that were on that team are still on the team and and they're probably a better team now so it would not surprise me if they made a further run it's certainly cleared up for them do it for sister jean do it for sister jean that's right and so now now we'll move into uh something that I really that I'm that I really like and that I do uh it's become a tradition for me and as we come up to opening day here in the next week um 
Let's talk about uh, MLB season totals, right? Season totals and props, right? So when I'm talking about props, I'm talking about awards, playoffs, and division winners. So the three or the five bets, the five win bets that I've taken so far because I like where the money's at, right? I like the bet and I like where the money's at, Jermaine, uh, so far is Dodgers over 103 and a half. Oh, that's it? That's it. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles over 63 and a half. Wow, Tam- I don't like that at all. Tampa Bay Rays over 86 and a half. Houston Astros under 86 and a half. And the Toronto Blue Jays under 87 and a half. For those of you who um, don't know, I've done a, you know, I, I have a little spreadsheet here on Excel that, that builds in a basically uh, wins above replacement added with the, the players they've signed in free agency. Um, and I think that the uh this is how it's going to break out in the al this is what i have i have my projected wins uh, sheet has predicted so in terms of seeds in the uh, al it's going to be tampa bay one i think they're going to they're going to win 100 games this year that i mean that tampa bay team is complete and ready to win games even 13 and a half more than vegas says yep uh I don't care that they lost Blake Snow. I think they won a lot of games and they added pieces to replace Blake Snow. I don't think he's going to be that big of a loss. I mean, he couldn't even win him a, a World Series. <laughs> Ooh, uh, I'd like to see you tell him that in person. I'll tell him in person. Get him on the show. He's, um, about, to, he's about to buzz Aldrin you in the about, face. He's about, yeah, he's about to call back in. Uh, the, the Chicago White Sox uh, will win the Central. We have them at 99 wins. The Oakland A's will win the West with 93 wins. Uh, the Yankees and the Twins will be the two wild cards. The, Yankee, the Yankees winning 97 games and the Twins winning 94. Man, that Yankees pitching staff is going to get them 97? I think so, yeah. Well, it's probably the bats, but all right. Yeah, it's still 100% the bats. And then the pitching staff just has to not allow 10 runs a game. <laughs> <laughs> the Yankees are the Yankees are going to be pretty good. Um, I I think that I think the Dodgers are one of the most complete teams we have seen in a while. I th- would say they're probably one of the most complete teams we've seen in the last twenty years. I was going to say since the nineties, Braves. Uh, yeah, since I mean, I would say since the two thousand three Seattle Mariners. Okay. Since since that team won. Uh, 116 games. I don't think the Dodgers are going to get to 116 games. I think they're going to win over 110, though. What scares so Dodgers, me is COVID. Yeah, true. Dodgers win the West. Uh, Mets win the East. That's my that's my bold prediction of the year. The Mets win the East. The Mets in a shortened season last year, even with a shortened season and war last year, added six wins with the signings that they've made in free agency. Over a hundred and sixty two game season, Jermaine. Do you know what that do you know what that accounts to? Well, it was a sixty game season, so you added six, so it's eighteen more wins. Eighteen more wins that the Mets added in free agency. No big deal. A big Quick part maths. Of, 
a big part of that is Francisco Lindor, but they have just they have not made they've they they have not really made a negative signing. I think the Cubs win the Central. I think the Cubs have some of the it has the best offense in the Central and a pitching staff that will help them limp into the Central. If they don't win, then Milwaukee wins. Yeah, I, that division is going to be 500 baseball all year. It's going to be awful, awful to watch. Yeah. Uh, my two my two wild cards, one is a no-duh, the Padres, and the uh, other one is the Braves. I think the Braves are the Braves are going to have to try to beat the Padres in a in a wild card game. We're going to be talking about come October whether the Braves are actually legit. The the Padres, um, better known as who should win the Central. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the Padres who are going to put together one of the best baseball seasons we've seen in recent years and still finish five games behind the Dodgers. Oh man, they'll how, be how hard. How hard is that to hear as a Padres fan? Like, like they're gonna, I, I wonder if, like, if you talk to Padres fans, how hard that is to hear. They're going to be so close to a hundred wins and be a wild card. <laughs> yeah, and have to play a one game playoff to get, <laughs> and have to play a one game anything could happen ball game to get in. So some of the props because the players union didn't want to expand. Dumbass. That's right. So so some of the props that I took. Um, looking good uh when i took it i'm gonna give you obviously the, the the price that i got it at tampa bay to win the east it was plus 400 when i got it it upgraded then to plus 425 uh so i took it twice the uh, athletics to win the west plus 125 and he, and then it upgraded to plus 135 people are really high on the astros and i have no idea why i don't They're know poor, george didn't, they, I, didn't I, they lose people george springer yeah George Springer, their core is another year older. Bregman is not really like <laughs> Altuve is another year shorter. Uh, Alt, Alt, Altuve is another year shorter. That's right. The Chicago Cubs to win the NL Central was plus three fifty when I got it. That's then it expa- then it expanded to plus five hundred. You, I mean, like you, like you cannot give free money out like that. I would make that uh, bet just because of the odds. Yeah, and then the, and then the Mets to win the East uh, plus one forty, uh, which I thought was was pretty low. Uh, Chicago Cubs. So if you if you want to take the NL Central, look at pairing the NL Central with these two bets: the Chicago Cubs to make the playoffs and the St. Louis Cardinals to miss the playoffs. Chicago to make the playoffs is plus three hundred. St. Louis to miss the playoffs is plus one twenty five. Essentially, if Chicago wins the West, or if Chicago wins the Central, I make plus basically nine twenty-five. Yeah, but you have to hit that Cubs bet. I don't know yep. how likely that is. Uh, another uh, two two uh, no playoff bets that I made. Two other no playoff bets that I made. Toronto Blue Jays no playoffs. I don't see how they're going to sneak into the playoffs. I like I don't know where the playoffs is going to come from. It's not. It's not expanded. They're not making it. They're not making it in an East that has Tampa Bay and the Yankees and an AL that has Minnesota and Chicago and maybe Cleveland. I don't even know. Like and 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 if the if the Angels get hot, I just don't see them slipping into a fifth wild card. It's not going to happen. So Toronto no playoffs at even money. I like that. 
I like for the reasons that I just mentioned. I think Oakland has enough to win the West. I don't see where Houston is going to get in the playoffs. The the Yankees and the Rays are going to make the playoffs. The White Sox and the Twins are going to make the playoffs. The A's are going to make the playoffs. Where's where is it for Houston? Houston has to win the West, and I don't see them doing that. What's Houston no playoffs? Uh, even money as well. So what are what's the Angels no playoffs? Probably minus. Uh, probably yeah, minus yeah. Man, Mike Trout. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Makes me so sad. Makes me so sad, bro. For sure. Um, let's let's dive into a little bit of play, uh, player props this year. You you guys remember last year I famously called Shane Bieber and his AL Cy Young, <laughs> and then five times shut down on us, and I got none of that money. Um, the the props that I like this year, uh, Ronald Acuna, most home runs in the majors. Plus eleven hundred. Ooh, that's great odds. That's great odds. Take that, Ronald Acuna. Most home runs leads the league. I think he's going to hit anywhere between forty and forty-five, and I think that'll be enough to lead the league. Right, Mike Trout is good for about thirty-eight to forty-two, probably. Uh, and then you have, you know, if Stanton can stay healthy, he'll probably hit a lot, but Stanton's not going to stay healthy. If Judge can stay healthy, he'll probably hit a lot. Judge isn't going to stay healthy. Um. Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper's probably not going to stay healthy. Um, so Ronald Acuna, most home runs, plus 1,100. Gimme, 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 gimme. I don't know why Shane Bieber, AL Cy Young, is plus 425. Damn, so you're riding the Biebs again, huh? I'm going to ride Biebs, but I don't trust back-to-back Cy Youngs, especially when he did it in a shortened season. So I'm going to throw in a second AL Cy Young here with Lucas Giolito from the White Sox. Oh, that's a good pick. Lucas Lucas Giolito from the White Sox plus five fifty. The de- the development of Lucas Giolito and his story. If you don't know Lucas Giolito's story, I'm not going to go into it. It's an awesome. Basically, he depressed, didn't know how to throw a ball, uh, went down, figured his stuff out, got a sports psychologist, comes back, and he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. I mean, a dude, a dude like that, a dude like that, that kind of love, like the, that level of overcoming the mental side of pitching and being able to dominate the mental side of pitching is a dangerous guy. Look at Zach Grinke and how dominant he became when he basically got over his mental issues of pitching. I think Lucas Giolito at 550 is an amazing pick for AL Cy Young. Um, one second. They both still throw like girls. Go, cu- <laughs> go Cubs. <laughs> uh switching it over on the uh nl side why is jacob Degrom plus 400 for the cy young i asked can anybody here can anybody tell me that the only reason he has not won the cy young in years past is because he's he's given up four runs in a game and, and he doesn't have the wins to back it up you can't give the cy young to a guy that goes 10 and 10 with a 1.2 something era or a two point something era now he has offense on the mets He's he, plus four hundred. That's free money. That's even more free money than plus five hundred for the Cubs to win the Central. So here, here's the thing about Jacob Degrom: the dude did not give up four runs. The dude gave up two <laughs> two runs a game and would get pulled with no runs, and, and <laughs> yeah. that was considered a loss. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. He would he, he he threw I think the most quality starts in 2019 and probably 2020. Uh, we'll go to the MVP races. 
MVP races, Mike Trout plus 250 for AL MVP. That's an obligatory bet every year. If I don't know. Get- yeah, I don't I don't know. And you then You said hold on, 550 or 250? 250. Oh my goodness. All right, go and ahead. then I didn't hit it last year, so I'm doubling down on it. COVID shortened season. COVID messes that people up. Give me Juan Soto plus 750 NL MVP. How? How is he plus 750? I don't know. He's ready to take over, and that's those are my those are my ML MLB bets. As we get more of them, I'm sure. Uh, as we get closer to the season in the next week, I'll. Well, I'll I'll take a look and, and see if there's any prices that I like and, and put it out. But yeah, those what's are my... a what's a, a Rosa Arena for uh, rookie of the year? That's a great question. I don't. I'd have to look it up. That might be something you should look into for those of you listening as well. Yeah. If it's so. any kind of plus, uh, ride. All right. So let's move on to. Are you wait? Sorry, are you done with the MLB? Yeah, yeah, that's that's and unless unless you have any thoughts, but it seemed like you seemed to <laughs> agree with most of my most of my picks. Well, you touched on a lot of the teams that would win. I'm uh, shocked that you went with the Mets, but I feel like you went with, went with the Met Mets just because the hype is there right now. Um, I still like Atlanta a lot, and the Phillies are going to be another year better. So that I just think that division's going to be really tough to win. That but division I think, is going to be the uh, the antithesis of the uh, the antithesis of the uh, NL Central. Yeah, it's going to be the anti life equation of the NL Central. Oh. Uh, you didn't get that Snyder Cut reference, I, I, loser. I, I well, I got the <laughs> I got the comic book run one of it. So, <laughs> all right. So uh, for standing O, I'll do the first one, and you could do the second one, um, or do you want to do the first one? Uh, well, I mean, this. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the first one, right? Since you, since you do the, since you typed in the UConn women one. So a, a guy named Brian Scalabrini was a big man who played for the uh, played for the Boston Celtics in the. He played uh, a lot of <laughs> lot of teams. Uh, he probably played for a lot of teams. Most famously for that, I think he has a title with the Celtics though, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm gonna look it up right now. Keep going. <laughs> so Brian Scalabrini, his nickname is the White Mamba. Uh, he there's a very famous quote where somebody says. Uh, somebody said to him, uh, "You're like the you're the seven you're the seven hundred you're the worst player uh, in the NBA." And he kicked back and he said, "Tell me somebody who's the worst at their job that makes ten million dollars a year." Oh, and that's that's <laughs> Mike that's, drop. Uh, yeah, that was a pretty good one. So there was this competition in Boston years ago. And and everyone thought Brian Scalabrini it was a terrible basketball player, averaged probably seven points across his career, if that. Couple 3. of rebounds, 1. three three point one points per game. There you go, terrible player. So if so, for years everyone has been challenging Brian Scalabrini to one on one, and there was a tournament in Boston a couple years ago in which he gave up three points. I don't know if you guys heard me. He faced probably twenty people and gave up three points. This man is good at basketball. He played for a decade in the NBA. He's not bad at basketball. So anyway, the standing O for Brian for for Brian Scalabrini, the White Mamba. There was a high school player talking trash to Brian Scalabrini. Brian Scalabrini said, "All right, let's play one on one," and toasted the kid eleven nothing. 
played him for his shoes. <laughs> he played the kid for his shoes. A man who's made millions of dollars yeah. embarrassed the high school kids so much he took his shoes. You were correct. Brian Scott Brady won a title in 2008. And uh, he has collected enough souls to feel, fill the soul stone on the Infinity Gauntlet. This man I- is out there snatching I mean you I mean you got to be this he he's got a nice house he's got nice cars he's probably got a nice wife nice kids and Brian Scalabrini is just out here just dropping high school kids for their shoes So a standing out to you Brian Scalabrini make sure nobody can talk trash to you Yeah so he was first team all pack at 10 in 2000 This this dude hoops. I don't understand why. So I have a special spot in my heart because he he retired from the NBA, a Chicago Bull, right? So uh, so I really was a big fan of Brian Scalabrini. But his career statistics: it's one thousand five hundred ninety four points, one thousand thirty four rebounds, and four hundred thirty six (laughs) assists in a twelve year career. (laughs) Is that good? It's not. Dude, he, could warm, he could warm benches with the best. But see, the thing is, he like people look at that and they say, "Wow, what 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 terrible stats!" How long did you say he played in the league? Twelve years. You don't play twelve years in the league if you're not giving somebody something. He was a good hooper. I mean, I loved, he must, I loved watching him play. I mean, he was also probably an amazing leader in the in the locker room. Like, like I, I don't know if you know this, but if you're bad at sports, you're not going to get signed by sports teams. Guess who's picked last? <laughs> People who suck at sports. Yeah, Brian Scalabrini but- was not picked last. All right. Well, we'll move on with standing O and um, UConn women advanced to their 27th straight Sweet 16 appearance today. So Incredible. for that, for that. Incredible. That is staggering considering the longest running active streak for men's just appearances in the ncaa tournament was is let's see kansas made it this year so kansas is at 31 straight just appearances in the tournament that means yukon women are four back of that record of making it to the sweet 16 that means making a tournament 27 straight times and winning their first two games. So Crazy. I think the ne- the next closest to Kansas is uh Gonzaga currently because Duke was at 25 and Duke didn't make it this year. <laughs> Shout out so, to our boy COVID. And that those are active streaks cuz I think Carolina did a 27 um year mark but that ended in the early 2000s. So, I mean that it's just impressive. Dom, I was walking my my buddy's dog earlier today, and I was just like, "What does Gino Oriama promise these women to get? He just gets all the top. He's always like the number one, the number three, and like the number six top recruits every year go to UConn, and he just restocks the cupboard with all the most talented women. Like, what are what facilities do they have there?" Do they have like a salon and spa built right next to their weight room slash sauna slash like sports medicine? Like they can get all their stuff done without, you know, they just walk from one door to door. 
like, I don't. I, yeah, I, I don't. It it it, it would be fa- it would be fascinating to just do. Somebody's already done this, but like how Bill Belichick, how Nick Saban, how you know Gino constantly reload these great teams. Uh, maybe they're just maybe they just have their recruiting. I mean, they're like ten second recruit elevator pitches down, and it just you know it's worked for them for twenty years, and they're just gonna keep using it. I think Gino or Oriana Oriama might be the devil, dude. Right? It has to. Uh, may, I mean, I mean, maybe. But I mean, at this point, like, at, like the first couple of years may have been hard, but now he just want, Now he can just be like, "Do you want to win championships?" <laughs> it kind of it's. it's <laughs> The success. If the girl is like, itself. yeah, yeah. If the girl is like, yeah, then he's like, okay. So you're not going to go anywhere else. And we give you a chance every year to win a championship. And these girls get all four seasons. We know how girls love seasons, and then they get to go out there and bust other girls' asses on the court, yeah. <laughs> crossing up ankles, hitting Jeez. fading bank shots. Dude, they're savages. These these girls are just absolute monsters on the court. So. I'm always I'm always like rooting against them because they're always so good. Yeah, well, I mean, I, and and as as always follows standing O. Let's get into let's get into find him and cut him. Draymond Green cannot shut his mouth, can he? No, it's Dray, so Draymond, big. Draymond Green uh, said last week that he is, or this week that he is the best defender in the National Basketball Association. Uh, no, he said ever. Ever? Oh, Jesus. Hey, Draymond, Dennis Rodman called. He said, party for 48 hours in Vegas and then come back and win <laughs> and win a ship, and then you'll be the best defender ever. So I'll make the argument he's in the top 10, just because his positional versatility is just outrageous. When you can guard one through five and not be even the slightest bit of a liability, you're an elite defender. But, I mean... <laughs> Come on, dude. Like, what is going on? Oh, my goodness. I mean, we're talking about him, so he at least did something, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, it's just mind-blowing, dude. I, I don't even know what to say anymore. If he would have said top 10, I'd be like, yo, that's not outlandish, and he's probably in the top 10 because I would move people out for him. Like, I would rather have him over some of these other defenders. People love Bruce Bowen, and I'd rather have Draymond than Bruce Bowen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kobe's a phenomenal defender, but Kobe can't guard, you know, Tristan Thompson. Well, first of all, Kobe would tell me he can slap me and then go do it. But you know what I mean? That's true. That's 100% true. <laughs> you just Kobe just rolled over in his grave because you said Kobe can't do something. Zombie <laughs> zombie Kobe's going to come back and absolutely shut down Tristan Thompson. Zombies, zombie Kobe's going to come back and average 30, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so the next uh, finding cut we have is uh, – uh, this coach for Borussia Mönchengladbach, the under-23 coach, had unsporting behavior towards um, a referee staff. And I thought it was kind of messed up that they made him coach the women's team. Um, but then I realized that I think it's because he said something to women's referee. Oh. 
Well, that would make sense then. That's not really a fine cut. That's kind of a standing O for uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah, but it, it still looks bad, though. It shows that, like, despite everyone's best effort, that women is below, you know, men. Like, that's a punishment to coach them. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that is. Yeah, like, hey, go. Oh, yeah, you, you said bad things about women. Well, we'll show you. Go coach the women's team. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of why I have it here. I have it for first of all the coach's behavior. What's his name again? His name is Heiko Vogel. And it's also on it's just an unbecoming punishment. Like what were you thinking? We'll show you. Go coach women. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, as we just talked about UConn women going out there and busting ass, you know what I mean? Like, just, just oh, maybe, taking ankles, maybe, bro. Maybe a better punishment would be to put him through a training session. Yeah, let the women train him. Yeah, exactly. Let the women train him. There you go. That's what I want to see. Not him, not him training the women's team, but the women's tr- team training him. This is how you talk to people like a normal person. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then Zombie Kobe comes back and slaps him too. <laughs> zombie Kobe slapping everybody. Uh and we'll move into our final fight and cut him. I mean the the red really just the 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 cherry on top of of, of most of our of all of our all-time fight and cut-ups. Uh Jesus Camargo Corolas uh, faces drug charges. He's a uh, Cubs prospect in spring training. Um some unfortunate person had to open his uh, equipment bag at spring training. Uh, and they found 21 pounds of meth and over a pound of oxycodone in his equipment bag at spring training. Like, dog. <laughs> hey, Zeus, keep it in your car or something. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't bring it into the stadium. What are you doing? sell drugs better (laughs) not a good look for a cubs team that just had a former scouting director get rung up on sexual harassment charges um with the mets and indians by the way yeah yeah. don't don't put that on my squad we already have enough (laughs) going on but i don't know what like what baby baby what is you doing this is outrageous, dude. So let me ask you this question. What weighs more, a pound of methamphetamine or a pound of oxycodone? Uh, I mean, they weigh the same thing. They're both a pound. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to see if you yeah, would no. be like, what? What? You gotta do, yeah. What, what weighs more, a one-pound bowling ball or a one-pound feather? A pound of a, a hundred pounds of bowling balls or a hundred pounds of feathers? Gotta be the bowling balls. It's gotta be the bowling balls. Um but like we like what are you doing? Twenty one pounds of meth? I, I'm I'm not well versed in the meth universe, so I don't know how much intent to distribute this is. But twenty one pounds of anything is pretty is 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 a lot. He he told them that he w- wasn't intending to sell it, it was for personal use. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Oh, I was about to be like, My God, dude. You're not a better shortstop? Dude, if you're high on meth, if you're high on meth, the ball must look like a beach ball, like a, seen, a, a, an airship. Have you seen that Bugs Bunny cartoon where he plays all the positions? <laughs> uh, probably, yeah. 
if he's on 21 pounds of methamphetamine, I want the announcers to be like, Jesus Camargo Corrales, first base. Jesus Camargo Corrales, second base. Jesus Camargo Corrales, third base. Jesus Camargo, shortstop. First, yeah. If you're on meth, if you're on meth and I, you're a shortstop, you better turn the double play by touching first or by touching second and then <laughs> running and touching first. I want you to throw the ball at the dude's head, <laughs> knock him out, run over, pick up the ball, tag the base. <laughs> I, do, I don't. Th- I mean, like if if you're on meth, you should be able to turn a triple play like third, second, first, just touching the bags, all with your Lamborghinis. Land, dude, the uh, the the Chevrolets. So we 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 asked you guys at the beginning of the show which years of March Madness hold the overall record for number of upsets. The number of upsets, the record is thirteen. Nineteen eighty five, which was won uh, by number eight Kansas, and two thousand fourteen, which featured a final between number seven UConn and somebody else. No, I'm not. I don't even have the. The right stuff pulled up. Uh, yeah, yeah so, UConn so, won that final, though. That was yep. Kevin o- Kevin Ollie as the coach. Yep, so 1985 won by a number eight Villanova in 2014, uh, which was number seven UConn uh, versus number eight Kentucky in the final. 13 upsets. And we are only through two rounds in this year's tournament, and we already have 11. So I'm going to go like out on a wager is, and say we're we're breaking that record. Yeah, this year has already set the record for most first and second round upsets. And like I said, also the record for most 13 or higher seeds advancing. But that's the trivia question. And hopefully in the next couple of days, we'll be able to update you guys with, with better information. Yeah, hopefully with that record being broken because that would be pretty sweet. So you got anything for them, Nick? No, I mean remember to th- thanks for listening, guys. I mean we had our highest uh, our highest day the other day in terms of uh, in terms of downloads of the podcast. So thanks for listening. Thanks for thanks for tuning in. We appreciate all the support. Make sure you guys uh, like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room three hundred three, um, and keep keep forwarding us our, our our ideas and and what you like and and what you don't like for the pod, and uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Everything Nick said, follow us at Podcast Room 303 on Instagram and Twitter. Um, RIP Elgin Baylor. He just passed away at 86 years old. And that's all I've got for the ambitious announcer.